good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to uh, another episode, episode 144 of Dude and the Monkey. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by my co-host... Ian Loring, hello. And you can see us. Yes, we are, we are, we are trying uh, actual video calling uh, for this. Uh, we're going to put it out on the YouTube channel so you can see how much I wave my hands about whilst I'm talking. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it should be quite a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not in my office yet because it's not sorted. I'm in my lovely bedroom. You can see Buddha on the back wall. It's nice. the only room that's not allowed movie posters. Where are you, Ian? Uh, I'm in Lottie's room. Are you? Um, yeah, yeah, obviously she's not in here. Um, we have a a picture, a, a thing of Totoro oh, there that Donna drew. Yeah, yeah she did, didn't she? Yeah, sorry to say that. And uh, that's about the only filmy thing we've got in here. Yeah, in our study, um, the Wi-Fi doesn't um, stretch that far. So um, it's not because our house is massive. It's just because the Wi-Fi is a bit shit. Um, pardon me. So um, I do uh, Let's Forget Physical in there. Um, just because it's the film posters and stuff like that, but I I I think I'm gonna have to do this in here, I suppose. Yeah, most might be in the office once I actually get my arse in gear and get it and get it actually sorted. Um, so this week uh, we are back to the regular show format, and uh, we're gonna give you a review of uh, how Heisen or Heisen's uh, the Assassin. Ho Shao Shen, I think it oh, is oh, a good word. See. <laughs> Uh, the Assassin, we're going to give you a uh, bumper what we've been watching. Uh, I don't think we've got um, any questions uh, to answer currently. Got, got an email. Uh, email, super. So we'll have an email uh, to, to chat over as well. But it has been a few weeks since we did uh, what we've been watching, so I think uh, we could actually uh, have quite a bit to chat about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ian, uh, anything else happened um, in the past week? Um, by the way, this is I'm, I'm drinking Volvic uh, orange juice here. Um, and if anyone wants to pay us to drink shit, uh, we will hold it up in the camera like that. Definitely. <laughs> throughout. So uh, that's, you know, there's another added revenue stream we could we could develop there. So that would be lovely. The massive revenue stream yeah. that's going to open up. You know, we just need yeah. to supplement it. Volvic. Massive. You, yeah, you, you should send me free, free bottles of this so I can I can drink them like this on the show and go, mmm, refreshing. Mm. This this Badger's Blandford flyer in a cause glass is delightful. Is it? it, 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 it this is actually really quite nice, actually. Uh, I do go for an alarming amount of this a week. Um, so, yeah, any, anything else happened in the, the film world before we get into sort of trailer chat? No, I mean, not. I mean, the Oscars So White thing rumbles on, but I think we've we've kind of covered, kind of covered that in uh, last week's show, so... Yeah, uh, whatevs, I suppose. I'm a little bit kind of, I'm burnt out with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that whole, um, I suppose it's, it, it's half bullshit, half, you, you can see that the logic behind it, but I am just a little bit, I think people are, are making a bit of a storm in a teacup, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, but aside from that. Um, they're quite weak no died thank Christ yeah 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 too right no yeah I think that's about it should we do some trailers yeah let's do some trailers because there's been there's been a few over the past couple of weeks so um, go on then throw some throw some out as um, well I um, I can't even remember the name of the bloody f- film now the, the one with Vince Vaughn with the ridiculous hair and um, oh, Hayley Steinfeld uh, term it's term life term I've got them yeah, term, term, something like that, yeah. Where is it? Uh, Come on. Jesus, it's been that long since I watched that trailer. 
Uh, yeah, I can't find it. But term something. Term is. life, I think. We'll call it term life. Yeah, I, I mean, we're now at the stage where Vince Vaughn is starring in stuff that goes straight to VOD. Um, it's one of those ones where in America it's going to go to digital HD um, and then like hit theaters limited a couple of weeks later, um, which is a massive sign of faith. Um, I, I, I don't know. It looks generic, whatever. It, I mean, it, I think it's directed by the guy who directed Couples Retreat. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, because I, I think it's like what his like his producing partner or something also yeah. in. Uh, I think he uh, produces jo- uh, John Favreau's stuff as well. Um, so Favreau turns up in this probably for a scene or two, I'd imagine, and then we'll bugger off again. I, whatever, like dickhead has to run from the mob, takes his daughter with him, whatever. It, 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 it's got Tuesday night Netflix all over it. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, and uh, also, to be on it, oh yeah, no, oh, what was it? What the fuck? Hang on, I've got you full screen here. I need to, uh, I need to go do my research. Uh, shit it off. No, not. Oh yeah, the finest hours, um, which is this. Um, I don't know. Disney presents, and it's Chris Pine, Casey Affleck, Ben Foster, and Eric Banner. Looks like guys who have to be saved off of a sinking ship or something. Looks okay enough i suppose that one will totally be if the reviews are all right i'll probably check it out yeah um you know we'll see we'll see i i, I don't remember i'm not too hopeful about it but you know hey um keanu <laughs> um which has the best poster it is a good poster yeah um and the trailer looks funny well yeah it's going to be interesting to see them market it as like from Key and Peel over here because I don't think Key and Peel have ever been their shows ever been legally shown in the UK. I might be wrong there, but um, I don't think it has. Maybe maybe it was on one of the kind of you know generic sort of Comedy Central or Fox FX channels and just kind of disappeared without what is it? But I don't I don't think it ever has sort of been. Yeah, not it, it, it's it's not as if they're um, sort of household names across here or even vaguely known about across here so no no quite but i mean i, I it looks funny um it, you know it, it's 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 you know it's riffing on john wick i was a big fan of john wick um it it, it made me laugh it's a strange film mate but fuck it why not yeah yeah no absolutely i i will watch these two guys try and save a kitten and try and sound gangster for 90 minutes very happily yeah, yeah absolutely why the fuck not yeah uh, um, Neighbours 2, or I'm assuming it'll be Bad Neighbours 2 over here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I really like Neighbours. I like Neighbours. It's funny. Um, Zephron's got a great comedic uh, pace about him. I have a feeling he's going to be the best thing in this, and when he's not on screen, it's going to suck ass. Yeah. Trailer's okay-ish, yeah. I suppose. I'll, 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 I'll see it. I'll know. see it, yeah. Um, the, the funniest moment is the trailer is when that the um, the guy who has the clown mask on does the clown thing and Zephron tells him to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. It's the funniest moment in the trailer. Sure, um, sure. It, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's a little bit like, you look at it going, oh, this is this is where Clomerette's career takes that inevitable nose to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I've just realised that this might be just recording you. I don't know. We're going to have to see. Oh, been an, an, an hour and a half of me. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know why it would actually, because it's supposed to record the whole video call. So it would be weird if it just recorded the one side of it. The one side. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm going to run with it. Sod it. Um, we'll soon find out. Anyway. Um, okay. And what? else uh, well i suppose suicide squad eh? yeah yeah well yes yeah, suicide squad there's a couple more i've got but yes yeah, suicide squad uh, do you want to do you want to uh, bang through yours and then we'll kind of build up to it yeah um money monster uh the george clooney uh drew roberts jack o'connell um, oh that thing the uh, jodie foster director yeah, yeah um yeah. have you seen the trailer for this Mm-mm. see i was very much right not really not really selling it to me that um Clooney's gone off the boil a little bit the past few years. He's, he's, I don't know, he's not really done out the past couple of years that's really sort of got the blood pumping. But then again, he's got a couple of decent ones coming out this year. Uh, Drew Roberts is an actress I just I cannot stand, uh, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, the trailer's pretty damn good, to be honest. Um, the whole story is that, it, that Clooney plays a um, one of those TV... Um, financial advisors uh, that tells people what they should invest in, etc., and things like that. It turns out he gave some bad financial advice that that cost people millions. Uh, so Jack O'Connell turns up uh, while they're live recording, uh, waving a gun around, and makes Clooney strap a bomb vest to him uh, as he tries to ask him to just explain why he uh, gave him this bad advice uh, and did he know about it, etc. So. Looks oh, like, okay. yeah, the, the, the trailer before I, I watched it, I thought I'll, I'll watch it to watch the trailer. And then when it finished, I, I did, the testament of a, of a great trailer is when a trailer finishes and you go, I want to watch that movie right now. Oh, really? Okay. And All right. When it finished, I went, do you know what? If, 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 if that was on now, I'd go and watch it at cinema in the next couple of days. If that was available on VOD or it was already out on Blu-ray or anything like that, I'd be watching that tonight. It was one yeah. of those. So I, I, it looks very good, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, I've got a feeling that might turn out to be a review some point this year. Then, nice. Um, oh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. We didn't chat about that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that was. It was that. What was that? Like, it was like last week, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. I, I like the apparent idea that this is essentially Bad Robots anthology series. Yeah. Which, which is just going to add the name Cloverfield in it, so it might not even be directly connected to Cloverfield. That, yeah, why not? Um, John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I'll watch the shit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I recently watched uh, Cloverfield again. I watched it on New Year's Eve, actually. Um, I, I like Cloverfield. I don't think it's quite the masterpiece that some people would think it is, uh, but it, it's entertaining enough. Um, I like, the, like you say, I like, I like this idea. It's kind of like, um, I heard, um, somebody mentioning that Abrams had said that uh, he got the idea for the whole Cloverfield anthology thing um, from uh, reading that that's what John Carpenter originally wanted to do with with Halloween. Um, oh yeah, well, I mean the uh, season of the witch. Eh? I mean that that was that that was going to be the whole thing. And I, mean, I suppose the mistake they probably made was the fact that Halloween two was Halloween two. Yeah. You know they did the Michael Myers thing again, so. It kind of it just sets it by then, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in intrigue. I think it, it, it could be a good idea. And John Goodman, so you know, John Goodman's always entertaining. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool. Um, Suicide Squad. 
Yeah, um, yeah, one of the best cut action trailers in years. Um, it, it like the the confidence that this thing has already is quite something. Um, one thing you will get always with a David Ayer film is it will be fucking confident. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, no. Well, yeah, for better or worse, eh? But no, I agree. Yeah, um, I it, it, yes, I just the the cutting, the choice of song is is perfect. Um, I know people seem to be up in arms already about the origins of Harley Quinn and how it looks like it's basically the Joker saving her. I let's 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 hold fire and see what happens. Um, I'm I'm very much enjoying what Jared Leto is doing with the Joker in this. Um, it, the whole thing looks like it's going to overshadow Batman versus Superman, which yeah. you know, which is which is crazy considering that's Batman versus Superman. But the marketing for this is doing everything right, apart from the poster has got hashtag Suicide Squad. Have you seen that? No, I've not. Ooh. That seems like that's a thing now because I've seen that with something else, and no, no. You know, I kind of wonder if they slipped that in and if, if Ayer had seen that, it'd have been like, no, you're not, no, you're not fucking doing that. No. Yeah. No. It, it does seem like a, a, a maybe a, a bit of a, a bit of a missed step. Mm. We'll, we'll see that, uh, where it goes. No, it, it looks, it looks fantastic. It looks, it, it looks like it's got all the mania you'd expect from a, uh, a David Ayer directed, um, superhero movie. Um, I'm still, I'm still a little bit worried about what uh, what Leto's doing with with the Joker, um, but it looks the shot of him lying down, the shot of him lying down with all the knives and whatnot around him, and he's just laughing. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go on then. Yeah, I, I, I like what Jai Courtney's doing. Yeah, who that he just fuck ever thought anyone would ever say that? I know. Yeah, totally. Just, he, I agree. He gets out of the uh, the duffel bag and just straight away just punches the first yeah. guy. Sees. Fantastic! It's magnificent, and then to put that in a trailer uh, is 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 brilliant. Um, let's be honest; it looks like Margot Robbie's going to fucking steal the entire movie, which we all hope she will do because Harley Quinn's a fantastic character. Um, so it, it's going to be it's going to be very. It it, it it all signs currently point to we've got a, a fucking great, interesting Hollywood um, sort of actual comic book movie um, in there. It kind of feels like this fucker is going to own August. They're being very smart with when they're releasing it. Mm. You know, it's far enough away from Batman versus Superman, where if that film isn't great, it would be about four or five months away from the stink of it. Yeah. Um, and then you've got this. And this feels, even though it's got the Joker, Joker and Harley Quinn in it, it feels like it's enough distance from what Batman versus Superman is doing, where it does still feel, feel like it's an individual thing. But if Batman versus Superman does well, then, hey, Batman's going to turn up in this briefly, apparently. Um, uh, it, that's very well publicised. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. Um, and it, but apologies if it is. I, I, why don't you write a comment in the comments below if you think it's a spoiler? Um uh, and uh, I've, I've forgotten my point now. I don't know. I like the fact that it looks like it, he's been given a massive budget because Aya hasn't really been given a huge budget. It, 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 he's been a 30 to 60 million uh, yeah. guy. I think the budget on this is about 80 or 100 million. So it's not mm. it, it's not of the level of something like, like Batman versus Superman or the Avengers movies where you're talking about 150, 200 million budget where, you know, you've got a break sort of 
four to five hundred million to sort of start making an actual kind of profit. This movie will probably have to make a couple of hundred million to make a profit, and it should it should do that as long as it doesn't get fucking horrible reviews. Uh, it's it's in the Guardians of the Galaxy slot. It it, it, yeah. it basically has August pretty much to itself in terms of massive tentpole stuff. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I I see it doing well. It's it's interesting looking at this kind of evolution of the superhero uh, movie genre now, where this year you've got Deadpool and Suicide Squad, which are these two very different, very like, challenging <laughs> for the genre pieces here. Uh, like like they're the bread to the sandwich that that are Civil War and Batman versus Superman, and then later in the year you got Doctor Strange, which even five years ago, you know, before the Avengers, you never uh, would have thought that that would have that that would have worked as a comic book film. So it's interesting seeing what they're doing, and uh, I mean, it looks like Marvel and DC are both up for subverting stuff and and twisting stuff. And uh, you know, well. Well, we'll see. I'm a lot more confident about DC in the last couple of months than I, than I had been previously. And um, I mean, did you see any of that Wonder Woman footage that um, was shown on American TV last week? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. Um, like you said, they seem to be they seem to be getting a little bit more on track uh, recently. Uh, it's good, I think, that we've got things like Deadpool and Suicide Squad coming out because they. The comic book movie sort of thing was starting to get a little bit stale and it needed, it needed something to kind of go, look, we don't just have this, we have this as well. Um, and it, it needed that to kind of to address the balance a little bit because I, I was, I'm not a massive comic book fan, but I do enjoy watching them. But I was at the point now where whenever you were getting, seeing that fucking, that schedule that, that goes to like 2020 of each comic book movie and everyone was saying, oh, isn't it a great time we're, we're living in? I was looking at it going, that looks so fucking boring. It looks so boring that I know what, essentially, for the next six years, five, six years, what are going to be all the big tempo movies. So I know he's not going to die. I know he's not going to die. I know he's not going to die. Because there, he's in a fucking movie, there. And I know they're going to try and shoot that guy in that movie and that guy in that movie and that guy in that movie and they'll be in that movie. And it just, it, it you look at it and go, it's going to be a slog more than anything. Uh, if you're not massively uh, invested in the world, if you're invested in the world, you know, you'd be excited about it. But something like Suicide Squad and Deadpool just gives miserable bastards like me just that little bit of kind of like, here we go, here's a fucking middle finger at all of this this that's going on, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Deadpool, the marketing for that is A, it, it's pretty all over the place. Like Donna said to me the other day, like mentioned Deadpool, and... I mean, like, in, in all fairness to her, she's just not, not really a film fan, you know, not really a comic, book, a comic book movie fan massively. And yet she was, and I was like, how do you, like, what, where, where have you heard from Deadpool from? And she was like, Facebook ads. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, you've already got him on buses, you've got all these videos. Fox are doing a good job here, and then they are positioning it as an alternative comic book film coming out in February. Yeah. And I've always been really down on its box office chances because I couldn't help but feel that before the marketing was just preaching to the choir. I'm starting to change my mind on that. Um, I hope I'm right. The Australia Day video was fantastic. It would when he lo- realizes the, the, the hat, like he's got a hat on his head. And he's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's. Uh, 
Reynolds is just rolling with it. He, he's he's playing. It, the great thing is he's playing Deadpool perfectly well as half as as him and half as Deadpool. So he's yeah. kind of he's catching that juxtaposition really really well. Um, you hope the movie is going to be as good as the um, as good as the marketing's been. But there's going to be a lot of, I think, goodwill towards the movie, um, just for the fact that this is a movie that has been willed into existence for its fans for nothing else. And the people who are making it will obviously hope that it's going to be a big success and everything like that. But I think the victory for them is the fact that it's, it exists, it's there, it's going to be released. That's the victory there. Not if it, 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 it gets a sequel and makes $500 million. The victory is just the fact that it's fucking it's there and it's, it's, been, it's been made. That's fair. Uh, right, so I think we're done with trailer chat, aren't we? We'll move on uh, to... How do you pronounce his name again, Ian? Because I will pronounce Ho it wrong. Ho Shao Shen. Ho, ha- Ho Shao Shen. Uh, the Assassin. Uh, it's been... Well, lauded. It was, I think, Sight and Sound's film of 2015. Um, everybody in the world seems to uh, think it's magnificent. Uh, yeah, even though I, I, I will just say to that, you look on Letterboxd. Uh, not, not, uh, not quite as much. Yes, right. Um... Ooh, plot. <laughs> Tricky one. Um, plot centers around uh, Ni uh, Yang 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 um, who is a an assassin, um, and she's been um, essentially commissioned to um, wipe out a, a, a. I think it's a corrupt governor um, who happens to be her cousin, who she was betrothed to. But she starts getting a crisis of conscience. Plus, there's a lot of kind of political uh, manoeuvring going on around that. Uh, and it's all set around the uh, Tang Dynasty, which is a real dynasty uh, within uh, 8th century China. Uh, Ian, the assassin. Yeah. Um, it made me question if I actually like cinema. <laughs> like cinema. Um I was not a fan of this at all. It's gorgeous. Mm, it is incredibly it's beautiful. Really, really, really pretty. Mm. It's really pretty. It's also a film that has shots that would usually last five to ten seconds, but last a clear minute. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's absolutely the type of film that you imagine would win Best Director at Cannes. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, it's formally sure. That's it's it. Yeah, fine. I I can see why uh, people might be wowed by it there. But you know, it's it's interesting because for for years now, you know, I I try to I do try to broaden broaden my like film um my, my film film watching. I mean um. Later on, I'm going to be talking about a film by Satoshi Kon, um, a great Japanese uh, animation director. Um, and, you know, I, I joined Movie this last week and I've been having fun like going through there. I actually watched Hero, uh, the uh, Zhang Yimou film from oh, uh, yeah. like 2001, 2002, hmm. that, that kind of era. Um, and also that was on Movie, but also kind of in preparation for this because I, I heard it was a, a wuxia film. Um I mean, this is bare, bare, I mean, this is barely any martial arts in it whatsoever. Uh, what there is is quite short and sharp. Yeah. Um, 
I, th- there are two scenes where it just appears like a woman walks up to a woman and starts a fight, and then they just both walk off in separate directions. Yeah, I did notice for a film called The Assassin about an assassin, she tends to not kill a lot of people. Like, actually, not kill a lot of people, go to kill them, decide she isn't going to. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she clearly could, and then walk away. So, it, 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 she's an assassin kind of by name, but don't really see her. No, I mean. Yeah, not many people. <laughs> no, I mean, she's got the skills. I mean, like, there's that the, the, the one scene quite early on where it, it kind of the scene plays out and then it's kind of revealed she's just been kind of, like, kind of crouching up in, the, like, the top corner of the room. Mm. And that's awesome. And there's another shot as well. I mean, the, the film is beautiful. It is beautiful. There's another shot as well where she's... Um, she's kind of being obscured by, like, these curtains or something. And as they kind of, like, wave left and right, she, like, disappears and then reappears... And it's got that whole kind of like slightly mystical thing going on as well. I mean, ah, and the shot towards the end where her mistress is up on the cliff, and they have that they have that shot, and the mist like completely rolls in and obscures things by the end. Yeah. You know, it's I I can see I can see why people of a certain filmic temperament may be super into this. Me. I needed more happening. Yeah. I just, I needed more, I needed more narrative. I, I just, I had, I, I, you know, it's an hour and 45 minutes long and with the best will in the world, the amount of story that's actually in here would have taken half an hour. And I'm not saying that story is, is cinema, you know, but I just, I needed more to hang my hat on. It is, that, that was my issue with it. It is, there is no denying it, it's fantastic to look at. But where it kind of starts to falter and starts to fall down for me anyway, and it sounds like for yourself as well, um, is the fact that there's nothing, once you get beyond how beautiful it is, um, you're looking for a little bit more to go with it. Yeah. Um, and then it gets to the point where you're going, where I was actually, actually, I got about an hour and maybe an hour, an hour and 10 minutes in, and I was actually sort of saying to myself, I'm going to struggle to explain the plot for this because I've completely fucking checked out right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah completely. Yeah. So I kind of know what's going on, but I'll be honest, I'm mostly waiting for it to end now uh, rather than watching it. Um, and, you know, I have, a, I have a rule where if I'm watching something new, I have my phone, if, if I have my phone near me, if, I, if I've got it sort of turned over, etc. Um uh, so, but during this, I was actually starting to think, oh, look at my watch and sort of starting to rumble about a little bit and starting to get a little bit kind of restless um, and things like that. So it, it, once you start getting like that and you checked out of a movie, even a movie that, that looks as nice as this did, this does, it, it, it's pretty telling. And like you say, if you have a predilection towards that type of cinema and that type of more... Um, more highbrow cinema, yeah. yeah. Uh, then, then that's fine. But it, it's not to say that I think that either of us um, are against that type of cinema. We're not. Um, I would say both was a very, very broad um, in, in in the uh, the cinema we we certainly kind of, try to be. We, yeah, yeah. Etc. And things like that. I mean, you can't watch stuff like this all the time um, as a general rule because it's you know, film is its deepest root is entertainment. And I think if you watched a movie like this every night, I think you more or less, you wouldn't be watching it for entertainment, you'd be watching it so you could tell people what type of movies you watch every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's I got the feeling where if you'd have taken this and it'd have been in American uh, and it would have been a more modern setting, so it wouldn't have been a period setting, it wouldn't have been a foreign language movie. Uh, I don't think people would be quite as um, behind it, uh, to be honest. I think the fact is sometimes people can get a little bit lost in the the wonder and the mystery and the... Um, than the the difference, I suppose. Um, no, I mean it, foreign cinemas. In fairness, like I don't. Yeah, I mean, like if you took it away from that, then it, it wouldn't have those visuals. I mean, there's there, yeah, no. I mean, that's. I mean, there's 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 really. I mean, it's just. It, I I can't stress enough how gorgeous it is, and I'm almost I'm almost tempted to give it a touching cloth just because of how nice it is to look at. But did I did I enjoy? my time watching it not really i found i i i I, as you i switched off and you know it's interesting because it makes you sound like a bad film fan for saying oh i switched off and and whatever but it, it was what it was it was really slow not much was happening i didn't find myself engaged by the characters at all i mean the thing is let's say let's say Completely ridiculous, uh, what is it? But there's a point to it. When you watch Ridiculous 6, for instance, if you said, I switched off about 40 minutes into it and I was just letting it finish, mm. people wouldn't think that you were a bad film fan. But when you say it for something like this, people would. People would be like, well, why? Well, why would you switch off in that? It's, it's magnificent. It's brilliant. But, you know, yes, that's that's it's, it's a completely opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. But... They're both fucking films, you know. If you're supposed to go at every film um, with the same expectations and with the same starting point, and then you know wanting to enjoy every film, and I wanted to enjoy this, but it, it just it never, like you say, it never did anything to grab me. The acting's fine, but the the story's just not there. I mean, th- th- this is how much Mark wanted to watch it. I WhatsApped him yesterday and just said. If you fancy just doing a, a big What We Watched episode, I'm fine with that because I'm telling you I didn't like this film. And you were like, no, I, w- I want to give it a crack. Yeah. You know, I want to give it a go. So, you know. Because I think part of the reason for that was I, I knew that, that if I didn't give it a go for the podcast, being perfectly honest with myself, it would be one of those that I would constantly be saying, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, 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 I'm going yeah, to give yeah it a totally. Go. And I won't get to it for like three years' time. Yeah. Uh, once everybody had finished fucking saying that, it had become that thing where it, it gets to the point of where I'd have been like, shit, well, I'm a little bit intimidated to watch it now because everyone said it, how amazing it is. Mm. Um, and so it, it had got to that kind of point. Like I got to with Old Boy, it took me years to watch Old Boy. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I mean, this is it. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the performances were fine. Um, the, the choreography when it did come was, was decent. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking. No, I it just no. I mean, the thing is, with something like Hero, which is around about the same length, the, I mean, again, that that fucker is visual storytelling, but it's hands down one of the most gorgeous films I've ever watched. Is Hero? It that that beautiful. That fucker is insane. But there's also you're also intrigued by the plots, the um, the kind of the 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 the, the shifting or almost kind of like Rashomon. No, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. No, this is what happened. Yeah, it, it is interesting, and you know where it comes out at the end. You're just like, yeah, I feel very 
very much satisfied by that. I feel very uh, narratively nourished. With The Assassin, it's just, I will never, ever, ever watch that again. It goes into the Uncle Boon me who can recall his past lives pile of, fine, if people want to say it's brilliant, that's that's fine. Me, I just... I, I, can I just watch Escape from New York, please? You, you know, it's it's well, one of those. The interesting thing of, of, of what you said was, um, well, the WhatsApp messages you sent was, uh, you said essentially, yeah, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, that you think you're now at the stage where you like what you like. And yeah. you get kind of quite happy with that. Um, and I've been at that stage for a, a couple of years now where I, I'm very much, do you know what? I, I'm not going to... There'd be a point, I think, like five, six years ago, where maybe I'd have, I'd have this sort of, the kind of the, right, you should like this. As a cinema fan, you should like this. Mm-hmm. Would probably get it a little bit more kind of of a, of a pass in my mind. And now I'm very much like, ah, fuck it, no. But if, if, not, if you don't connect with me, don't fucking connect with me. And and there you go. And I've kind of, I've, I've hit that that point where I'm, I'm comfortable and confident enough in in. in in what I watch and what I like, that I'll happily say, do you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I didn't get on with Assassin. I didn't like it. It looks fantastic, but it didn't. It didn't wow me as a film. It didn't connect with me as a film. Uh, and then in the next sentence, go, oh, but you know, what? I did watch the other week. Weekend at Bernie's too, and it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's that kind of thing. And, and then this would go, well, how how can you be a cinema fan and, and, and think that that's terrible and love that? Well, that that's how because that's I mean- what. That that's what film is. Everyone, if everybody just fucking liked what you're supposed to like, you're fucking boring. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it just. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying the Assassin is a terrible film. It, I mean, Jesus Christ, it won't be anywhere near my bottom ten oh, of the I, year. No, no way. Um, I, yeah, I fucking hope not. I, I, part of me hopes not. Part of me hopes it fucking is because. Oh uh, yeah, well, if, yeah, yeah, it'd be a great it, year. It's been a hell of a year. Yeah, no, totally. But it's it's just it's um, it's not for me. Um, I, I watched it, I finished it, um, and there you go. I'm, you know, I, I have a full time job. I've got, I've got a kid. I've got to look after as well. You know, I don't, I can't really go to films that are work anymore. You know, I've got to, I, you know, I've got to have the prospect of actually being entertained and it not just formed. Yeah, yeah. I like. I will never watch Showa. You know. <laughs> I should watch Shoah. Yeah. I will never watch Shoah. Why? Because I don't have enough time in my life. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, like, again, like, I'll probably never watch that Making a Murderer thing. I can have people tell me it's great all day long. I don't really have time in my life to spend 10 hours getting frustrated by cliffhangers at the end of episodes. And, you know, I mean, if it was a game, I'd like to play The Witcher 3. Do I have 120 hours to play The Witcher 3 or Metal Gear Solid 5? No. No, I don't. Do I have 15 hours to play Uncharted? Sure. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. It's like, it's you've got to allot your time. Unfortunately, The Assassin, not for me. Can't say I'm going to go through Ho Shao Shen's back catalogue. Yeah. You know? But at, at the same time, I'm going to check out some shit on movie. Yeah. Because I, I hope to be entertained. That, that's it. I mean, if, if I'd have really enjoyed uh, a, 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 the, the Assassin, I, I probably would have been going back through Ho Shao Shen's um, 
back catalogue. Uh, and sort of over the next year, probably, not over the next few months, but over the next year, everybody would have been going through them because, you know, it, it's not like the trap that a lot of Korean films fall into where they're two hours, 25 minutes long. You know, you've lost under under two hours, which was which was a um, a kind of blessing, uh, really, for that for that movie. But yeah, like you say, you have to kind of look at it and say, I mean, for instance, I have a thing where there's some days where I watch most of my movies on a night. Um, I'm sure most people watch most of their movies on a night. Um, but there's a lot of days where I'll have started work, I'll have, I'll have got up at 7 o'clock, I've started work at 8 o'clock, um, and I'll have, have finished surveys by 8 o'clock at night, so I've done 12 hours in a day, then eaten. Do I really want to sit down and watch something like The Assassin? You know, no, I want to watch, like you say, sit down and watch something like... Uh, Escape from New York or, or Weekend at Bernie's 2 or something like that something where I don't have to kind of engage brain or anything like that um, I'd say my more sort of serious movie watching for Saturdays uh, and Sundays but I, I'm, a, I'm 12 hours a day 6 days a week kind of uh, worker at the moment so yeah time is, 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 is really fucking precious to kind of sneak in there um, you know I, I haven't I think I've played anything on my PS4 in about since the start of this year really so um, fucking shows how that is, and I had to clean the fucker out the other day because it got clogged with with dust and everything. Um, yeah, I had to get the old um, screwdriver and um, oh, the full works, the full works, yeah, because it was it was fan noise all the time, and it had that fucking I'm about to die <laughs> about it. So yeah, got a screwdriver, the pretty clutch TR9 uh, torque screwdriver. It's all order specially. Opened it up, sprayed it out with the uh, compressed air, and now it fucking sings like a dream when it works. Oh, I might have to fucking do that. Yeah, is that your PS4? Is it is, yeah. is the fan cranking up like a motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, he always has, though. And I've got one of the earlier model PS4s, and I've, I've, I think that's a thing with them. Um, Honestly, clear out the... Uh, get yourself a, uh, a TR9 top screwdriver. Uh, just open it up. Uh, pop it pop off the back cover, uh, and then all you need to do is just spray around the grill and around the fan, uh, compressed air, and it, you'd be amazed at the difference it makes because that stuff just gets clogged up with dust. I, I, I mean, I've got to say, I've got the Mad Max game coming tomorrow, and I'd be fuming if my PS4 broke down while I was playing that. Yeah, yeah. If, if the fan's going, because like, my fan hasn't, hasn't hasn't ignited since, and obviously I use it on, I use it for Netflix and um, YouTube watching and shit like that. And, well, I don't usually use it for Blu-ray playing. Anyway, the Assassin. I'm going to come to something else in a second. It, it's it's getting a definitely not shit for me for the simple fact of how beautiful it looks. So it's a touch. Oh. It's not a definitely not shit. It's getting a touching cloth for me uh, for how beautiful it looks. <sighs> Just I don't, I don't want to say it's shit because I don't think it's shit. The thing is, me. by my absolutely OCD metric, I would give this film a two out of five, and for me, that's definitely shit. So there we go. I, I I wouldn't be. Let's say it, it's only for a few shots that I went. That was fantastic. Um, the the one we said about the rolling mist. That was that was beautiful. Uh, and there's an early one outside uh, the uh, temple on the side of the cliff there when it's in uh, black and white. Um, oh yeah that's yeah a yeah. Beautiful, okay. yeah. Beautiful shot there. I could have watched, I could I could have I could happily watch that for an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, but then I think I had to watch an assassin, not assassinate people for an hour and 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. Um, I feel really bad about that. I, I, I feel vaguely bad about what it, it is. But I also feel quite clean in the fact that I haven't I haven't sullied my own mind by pretending yeah. that I liked it more than I did. Um, I, I, before we come to what we've been watching, uh, I had my first mildly negative uh, iTunes experience the other night. Uh, 
Yeah. 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 Okay. I was watching uh, The Untouchables, which I'll actually talk about the film uh, a little bit later when we're doing our what I've been watching, what we've been watching. Um, but yeah, it, it froze three or four times during the movie, uh, which was very oh, irritating. Jumbo like, has nothing to do with Apple TV. What my broadband was perfectly fine. Ah, don't besmirch the bad name of Apple TV. Yeah, you don't, you, just because you fucking drank the Kool-Aid. No, it was, it was very... Just because I've got lovely, sweet fibre optic, Virgin Media, yes please, yeah. Was... My broadband runs at 59 meg minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it froze yeah. three or four times, so that was, that was kind of annoying uh, with that. It's struggling to load the data, that's all it's it is. Not... That... The data's fine, because I had other things running at the same time. Yeah, well, that's probably what caused it. No, yeah. the, the broadband was fine. It was just a little... There's glitches. No, there is no. glitches. No, no, no. <laughs> you really are... will not hear anything against Apple nowadays, will you? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit infuriating with that. I've had no problems with it before, but that was... That was a little bit like, hmm. Yeah, blame your internet service provider. Don't blame. No, I won't. I'm going to blame Apple because it was only on Apple it's ever happened before. Never happened on Netflix, but it happened mm. on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so yes, yeah, so a slight negative experience with that there. Mm. <laughs> what? It was nothing to do with my fucking broadband. Oh, everything to do with the broadband. <laughs> nothing to do with my broadband. And I, 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 I'm just... You said negative against Apple. I, I I used to be Android, but now I'm a convert. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? I had a very pleasant customer service experience with them last week. My my phone is now all good, and I didn't have to pay a penny for Express replacement. Phone? Oh, um, the it it stops not charging when it was turned on. Oh, so there's, there's a problem with an Apple product then. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. <laughs> I got it replaced, and they actually took the um the, the money they charged me for the express replacement. They they took off because uh, they didn't tell me how inflexible UPS's delivery um like schedule is. So the strange thing is, I always hear from people how many problems people have with Apple iPhones and things like that. I've had one since the, since the first one. Uh, I've never had an issue with phone. Never. I don't, I've never had an issue. Before. I've never I've never had one. Uh, I've had a screen break. I've never had. Um, I, you know, I've had a fucking crash on me a couple of times, but not like regularly. But I've never had like a microphone go, the Wi-Fi break, or anything like that go. The batteries are drained down, but batteries fucking drain down on every every electrical nah, problem like that. That's yeah. just age, isn't it? It's because you use them like I'm, I use it like a motherfucker. So yeah, I've never had a problem with an, with an iPhone. It's strange. I think I've just been lucky to touch every bit of wood around me. Um, so yeah, uh, go on then. What have you been watching? The fuck have I been watching? Right, we've got like two weeks worth here. Yeah. Um, um, the film, uh, yeah, the first film I watched after London, Pan. <laughs> yeah, you enjoyed this, didn't you? Pan. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it as much as a three out of five. Um, Pan's mental and not always in a good way. <laughs> um, it's basically Joe Wright is a respected director. So they were like, sod it, chuck him $100 million, see what he can do. So what does he do? He he does Kathy Burke as an evil nun who like hoards food from the kids in the orphanage. Um, he has Hugh Jackman's black beard come out to uh, the, like all the slaves around him singing "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and then shortly after, Blitzkrieg Bop. Um, it's got Rooney Mara cast as Tiger Lily, which is no, no. <laughs> Fucking 
Um, and it basically, everything around Pan completely takes the oxygen out of the fact that this is supposed to be Pan's film. Bless him, the little kid who plays Peter Pan, Levi Miller, he just, he can't, he can't make an impression against the overblown everything else yeah. that is this film. Um, I it like the pirate. Is it a passion project? This from from Joe Wright. Is it something he's just wanted to do, or is he is he a director for hire on it? I think he's a relatively director for hire, but one who probably like, I I don't know, but I, I, I maybe had a bit of a coke problem and just lost his shit. Because I'm not a fan of, of of the guy, to be honest. I've not I've not actually liked any of his movies, to be honest. I, I mean, Hannah's he, he's an MVP just for for Hannah for me, but um, it it just. It's one of the it's it's one of those films where it's this trend now of trying to seek a backstory for bloody everything. So it's the story of how Peter Pan became Pan, and you know he was friends with Captain Hook, and at the end of the film, Pan actually says to him, "You know, we'll be friends forever, won't we? Uh, won't we?" Hook whatever your name is, Hook, like James or Jim or something. He's like, "Yeah, I don't see anything going wrong at all," and it just. Oh, yeah, and Garrett Hedlund, he plays it super, 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 super ham. He's really large, and you might call it terrible, but I quite enjoyed it. Um, he, he just really goes for it. Um, and I, I, I personally, I kind of think he pulled it off. He's, he's as big as the surroundings, you know. Um, it's, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't really hold together all that well. And like I say, Pan himself is completely swallowed up by everything else around him. But it's, it's fun. Um, it's visually interesting all of the time. Um, I mean, it runs, it does run a bit long. I think it's about an hour and 50. It would have been nice to chop a little bit of that down. But I, I, yeah, I thought, I thought it was at least worth a watch, if not amazing. So, a mild, a mild recommend. Yeah. Full-blown, outright, watch this shit. Yeah, totally. Mild recommend. Absolutely. It, 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 it's got it's got Sunday morning watch written all over it, that. Yeah, that would work. I could go for that. That would work. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, uh, I'll just do a couple more then hand it over, over to you for now. Um, Death Proof, um, which I'm happy saying this is the second worst or worst film for me for Tarantino at this point. Um, it it kind of meanders for a long, 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 long time. Um, it doesn't help that the first set of girls are not nearly as fun to hang around with as the second set of girls. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, they're, they're just not. Jordan Ladd ba- barely makes an impression at all. Vanessa Felito has a, a good bit of spunk to her, which is nice. And um, Sydney Poitier, Sydney spelt with a Y, um, is, I think that's her anyway. Um, yeah, Jungle Julia, super annoying. Uh, she comes across as a, 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 a sort of a terrible person. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, totally. She, I, I don't know, I just, not a fan of her at all. Not, not, not a fan. I, I, uh, I've found a certain part of her, but, but not, not as a, not as a, a screen presence now. No, I, she just annoyed the shit out of me, and I couldn't wait until she was killed off. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell brings some life to it. It's just, it's very indulgent. Um, the digital wrecking of the print, <laughs> it straight up is annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's like that. It's an idea that ran away from them, right? Yeah, the whole thing. It's even little things. Like, I know, Tarantino obviously knows more about film than I do. He obviously does. But the first reels of this. You'd think they'd shot, like, every single time there's a shot that cuts to someone else, it looks like there's literally the, the film's, the, the, the film's been cut and, pa- and, and like, pasted back together. Mm. And it just, it's, it, it's a really weird affectation which drove me up the fucking wall. Because, I, it, like, you just, a normal film reel, unless someone had really fucked up a film reel really, really, really badly and it just so happens at every shot there's no way that 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 would happen but i, I, I don't know by the second half of it, it it does pep up like i say the girls are a lot more interesting the conversations are more interesting the car chase at the end is is a damn solid car chase um and the ending's fun as well when they just start kicking the shit out of him um and the soundtrack's good as well but it's too long for what it is in the the non-grindhouse form um and I, I I don't know just that that first that first forty five minutes to an hour or so it, it, it is a genuine struggle to get through it for me even with like snippets of the score from Blowout you know it just it's nah nah so it will probably be a long time until I watch Death Proof again uh, I love Death Proof but like you say in a, in Tarantino's canon it's one of his his lesser works certainly yeah for sure. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention um, Love and Mercy, which uh, is the uh, Brian, yeah, yeah, the Brian Wilson biopic with uh, mm. Paul Dano and uh, John Cusack playing him at varying points of his life. Um, it's not wholly successful, but it's very interesting. Uh, the, the the sound design's really interesting for putting you in Brian Wilson's head. Mm. Um, and Paul Dano is is very good. John Cusack not so much. Paul Paul Dano kind of like underdoes what over, uh, John Cusack overdoes. John Cusack um, overacting jogger. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, but it's it, it's decent enough. Paul Giamatti again playing sleazy. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, like Paul Giamatti is not like that, but he has essentially typecast himself a little bit as that. You need a shitty manager who works somehow in the music industry. Get Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Private parts, straight out of Compton, Love and Mercy, do it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, but it's, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's decent. You know, the, the, the one half of the story is better than the other half, but it, it is definitely worth a watch. That's Love and Mercy. I'll just quickly say Dragon Blade, John Cusack again, building a massive wall with Jackie Chan, then they fight Adrian Brody. Um, I talk about it. I actually I talk about it in in Let's Forget Physical, the the first episode, and I actually did a written review for Vodzilla as well. Um, it's not great, but it's fun. That's not that's not that's not a bad endorsement, is it? It's not great, but it's fun. It's, 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 it's a mild recommend. I mean, it's kind of terrible, but it's it's very watchable. Cool. I mean, I'll do. I've got. I have like four uh, on mine. I've not watched as much with being. I've been busy at work, and I've been. I wasn't very well, so I couldn't watch anything when I was ill. So um, I've got a few. Uh, watched uh, Joe Dante's Burying the X. Um, have you seen this? 
Oh, dude, we haven't been recording the video for the last hour. That's good. I forgot to press record. Did you? Oh, well. Oh, well, just the audio then. Uh, fuck. We'll try that again next week. Yeah, we'll give it a go next week. Um, yeah. Fuck's sake. Sorry, Mark. No, I don't worry, man. Uh, yeah, so Burying the X. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, Joe Dante returning. Do you know what? I'm just going to record it. Yeah, sod it. From now? Yeah. Right, cool. Uh, we started recording video. Which we've been talking about for the past hour and haven't been doing. Um, yeah, Boy in the X. Um, it comes up on Netflix. Uh, I went to watch something about an hour and a half long. It was 90 minutes long. Uh, it had Anton Yelchin in it, uh, Alexander Daddarino. Uh, and it was 90 minutes with Joe Dante, so I thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Um, it seems incredibly uh, slight, and it, it, it's packed with kind of um, affectations all the way through it. Uh, Anthony Elchin plays uh, a guy called Max who they live in this small town and he works in almost like a novelty um, store that sells like thick blood and um, vampire masks and things like this. And he's got this idea to open his own store. Uh, Ashley Green plays his slightly neurotic um, sort of green crusader girlfriend uh, who she wants to sort of make sure that she, he's not allowed to eat meat and he's got everything's got to be vegan and he's got to eat all these recyclable things and things like that. And she's constantly on a crusade uh, to go. Uh, she's also incredibly jealous um, of, of um, when he talks to anybody else, girls or anything like that. Um, and he ends up um, deciding he's going to break up with her. Um, but the day she's going to break up with her and the moment he sort of decides that's it I'm going to break up with her invites her to the public place so he can do it there she's hit by a bus and dies so he moves on ends up starting to uh, form a relationship with uh, Isaiah Daddario's character uh, and guess what uh, Ashley Green reappears. Uh, she's actually uh, come back from the dead and still thinks they're in a relationship uh, and he's trying to convince him that she should be allowed to kill him so that they can be together forever. Um, but she's more irritating dead than she was alive. Uh, does she look like a zombie from yes, the Yes, she does. Not from, not from the start, but from, from when she comes back, she gradually starts to look worse and worse and worse. And she's very well aware of the fact that she's dead. She's not like, doesn't know that she's dead or anything like that. Oh, right, she okay. knows she's dead. Um so it's got all that going on uh, with it. Uh, and he, he's trying to work out whether or not he needs to kill her or he needs to break up with her or, or, or what. Um, yeah, it, it's 90 minutes long. Um, and it, it, it's it's surprisingly entertaining, to be honest. It's not a an absolute recommend, but it's definitely a mild recommend. Uh, I, had, I had enough fun with it that, it, that I'd... Maybe in a few years' time, maybe stick it on again, to be honest. Um, the three leads um, are all are all sort of quite nice to spend sort of time with. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 perfectly perfectly passable, but does feel like it was made uh, on on a budget, I'll say. It does okay. seem it's it's all very quite small scale, which isn't doesn't sort of isn't a bad thing. Um there are little things where you go, for instance, Anton Yelchin's character travels everywhere on a little um scooter. Um I don't mean like I'm what is it? What is it like a man powered scooter thing. And he wears a helmet and things like that. And you just look at him and go, Oh you dickhead. Yeah, Every time yeah. he gets it out. So there's 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 that there. Um also uh, I watched 
Uh, Rob the Mob, uh, which is based on uh, an actual, a true story. Um, that I remember reading about um, a few years ago in one of those, you know. Oh, who the fuck those... is in this? I've seen... It's Michael Pitt. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ray Romano. Um, it's a lot of sort of character actors that you'll rec- that you'll recognise and go, oh, you know, it's 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 blah from blah rather than actually knowing the actual person's uh, name. Uh, story is you've got uh, two kids, uh, Tommy and Rose Uva, um, who essentially they it's a real life story. Um, they got a little bit obsessed in the early nineties with the Gotti trial, um, and they heard about during the Gotti trial that there was these uh, mafia social clubs. And what happens in these mafia social clubs is they're there. You can't do business in these social clubs. They are purely there for uh, wise guys to go have a drink, play some cards, and have a chat. You can't discuss business. Business can't be done there. So because of that, you weren't allowed to bring guns in because, you know, that's that's when business and stuff happen. A few drinks and, and monsters don't tend to mix very well, which that's how they actually put it across in the film. So they came up with a great idea that they were going to rob these places because no one's got a gun and they're always carrying around a lot of cash. And what are these mob guys going to report it to the police? Of course they fucking aren't. So, yes, yeah, so they, they hit quite a few of these. Um, and one of the ones they hit uh, happened to have uh, the FBI surveilling it. So the FBI then found out about them. Uh, and during it, they get hold of uh, essentially a list, uh, which sort of details a, a mob family from the top to the bottom and has everyone's rank and everything like that. And... The FBI, then if they can get a hold of this list, they can prove that the mob is an organised crime syndicate and hence they can they can use RICO um, uh, against them. So you've got all of these things kind of flipping around in between it. It's it's one of those films where it's a strange one because it's a terrible name for a start off. It's called Rob the Mob. Uh, and the reason why they call it Rob the Mob is because that is what the, um, the uh, New York Times, I think it was, uh, Headline was when the original story was written about them, when um, the character that Ray Romano was playing, the journalist Ray Romano was playing, actually interviewed them in a coffee shop, uh, which actually happened, which is fucking amazing, uh, whilst they were uh, in the height of their robbing these places and they were essentially trying to blackmail the mob uh, with this list. Uh, and this ended up, I don't want to give too much away because it gives it away, but then it's a true story, so it's what, what, what spoiler and what's not. Uh, but it's it's a, it's an entertaining movie uh, in the sense that it's crazy that all this stuff actually happened. Uh, Michael Pitt at points does his Michael Pitt thing of going a little bit too over the top at some points. Um, Ray Romano's fantastic in it. He's really, really good in it. Um, he's one of the stars of the show. Andy Garcia plays a mob boss. Andy Garcia is playing a mob boss. Of course, he's brilliant. He's, he's, he's great at doing that. Uh uh, Nina uh, Arandi, um, who plays the the girl of this um, of the couple, is is also fantastic. She's got a great kind of um, Bronx energy to her. Um, you know, she comes across as being she's a little bit smarter than Michael Pitt's character, but she ain't that bright, and she's falling in love with the wrong guy. There you go. Um, so it's 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 I'd say it's worth a watch, but it's one of those movies that you get the feeling like in different hands it could have been done a little bit better um i mean it's directed by the guy who directed nothing else that you know he directs a few things but nothing of any of any kind of fucking note so yeah it's it's all right is what i'd say 
Uh, if you're into that kind of stories, that kind of neighbourhood stories, then give it a watch. If it's, that's just not your wheelhouse, then just don't. I won't, I won't bother. Oh, fair dues. Uh, the Untouchables. First time I've watched it in a while. Picked up for $3.99 on fucking iTunes. $3.99 for the fucking Untouchables. Boom. That's, yeah, how can you not, really, with that? Uh, it's brilliant, you know, let's be honest, The Untouchables. It's fantastic. Um, even Sean Connery managed to look great, and personally, I think Sean Connery's fucking terrible in most everything he does. Um, <laughs> De Niro's brilliant as, as Al Capone, uh, you know, in full Al Capone, even wearing, you know, the same underwear as Al Capone used to wear. Um, Kevin Costner <laughs> is at the height of his powers, Kevin Costner. There's a few bits that make you genuinely, you know, fucking sad uh, in it. Um, you know, you've got the Sean Connery death and the uh, Charles Martin Smith death, you know, they're... They, they get you. They say it's also it's wonderfully kind of edge sort of stylization. It uh, works fantastically for it. Uh, I completely forgot that Patricia Clarkson played um, Kevin Costner's wife. Yeah, first, Wasn't it wife? The first screen role, I think. As I well. think it was her first screen role. Yeah, yeah. so it's always nice to see uh, Patricia Clarkson in anything because she's wonderful. Um, and of course, you've got the, the the scene in the train station, which is just glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Untouchables. It's you can't really say that much about it, but it is. Just one of those fantastic, brilliant, classic movies. Uh, one, one of the great closing lines, uh, underrated closing lines in a film as well. Doesn't sound great out of context, but in context, it's um, gold as well. Like, what are you going to do now? Uh, I think I'll have a drink. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. And then, and then the Morricone music kind of wells up and, oh, my God, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a fantastic score as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magnificent score. Um I don't know the one I watch is Goosebumps, but we might talk about that when we actually if we actually review it in a few weeks' time when it comes. Yeah, out. I could see us maybe covering that. So yeah. I, I'm not sure, um, but I, I would say it, 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 it's worth covering. Is what I'll say. Cool. Go on. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just like finish mine off then. That was it for you. Yeah, yeah that was that was that was it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I watched. Uh, funnily enough, talking to David Ayer earlier on, I watched Street Kings because uh, <laughs> it's popped up on Netflix Fucking UK. Um, uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, very derivative. I always felt like I was at least two plot like developments ahead of everybody in the film. Um, I mean, Keanu's decent. It's nice to see him playing against type. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Um, it's got that A-ness to yeah, it. Yeah, which is why I really liked it. Yeah, which is why you liked it. I, I, I kind of figured as much, to be fair. Um, yeah, and I like it's nice to see like Cedric the Entertainer, but in quite an actual serious role. And Common, when he turns up, he's nicely threatening. You know, it's um, I, 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 it's very well cast. It's just the story it was telling I didn't find compelling in the slightest. Um, but I mean, Forrest Whitaker's decent. I like the fact that he just has a wall full of money. Yeah. That was that was fun. Uh, but yeah. I, I, it, it was what it was. It was fine. I, I'm not really that bothered by it, to be honest. Um, Tokyo God. Sorry. I've watched it again very soon now. It's cropped yeah. up on on Netflix. I, yeah, let's say I, I'm absolutely in with David Ayer. So yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Um, it was interesting to see Terry Crews as his uh, partner as well. We've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine recently, so it's kind of weird seeing him pop up. Not nearly as big, uh, but yeah, good. Um, yeah, I watched Tokyo Godfathers, uh, Satoshi Kon's um, um, remake of, um, 
oh, fuck, of Free Godfathers, I think it was called. Um, but yeah, so this is awesome. Um, it was on movie. It's now it's now gone. But it's basically a homeless drunk, a homeless transvestite, and a homeless young girl find a ba- a dumped abandoned baby and um chaos ensues over christmas and new year while they, while they try and find the baby's mother um yeah this it's really really funny and odd but not in the kind of like quirky quirky i'm gonna kill you with quirk kind of way um it's very sincere you really really want to see all the lead characters find their place in the world while this is all going on um but it's also got some really nice surreal touches to it as well um i don't know it was just a film full of kind of like potential joy but every now and then something happens that just kind of takes the wind out of your sails and it was lovely it was really really nice um i've i've only i'd only watched um one of con's previous films before perfect blue oh yeah yeah um and yeah, that was years ago. And this is a very, very different film from Perfect Blue. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of in now. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of his stuff. I know he's, he's, he's now passed away. He was really young as well, if I remember correctly, in his 40s, I think. Um, so, and uh, it's a massive shame. I mean, this is, it's just a, it's just a film where by the end of it, you just leave it with a real, really big smile on your face. Have you, you've never seen Paprika? I haven't seen Paprika, no. I start. I started. I started watching it, and I stopped, and I don't know why. I got about ten minutes in, I was just like, I'm not quite in the mood for this, and I never went back to it. Yeah, the is absolutely stunning. Mm. No, I don't doubt it. So, um, yeah, but yeah, Tokyo Godfathers. It's really, really worth a go. Um, I, I don't know why I watched it actually, because I've been a fan of pretty much everything else he's done. Really, I don't know. It's one that I've just not got to, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's only about ninety five hundred minutes long as well, so it won't. Yeah, it won't take... Actually, it might be less than 90. But anyway, it won't take... Yeah, actually, I think it's 84. It, it won't take up too much of your time anyway. It's really worth a go. Um, I think I've only got one more because uh, I talked about Hero earlier on. Um, again, on movie, I watched the Nicole Holoff Center's Friends with Money, um, which... Which one's this one again? It's uh, Jennifer Aniston. Um, it, Jennifer Aniston, Catherine Keevner. Yes, I've, I've seen yeah. this, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason Isaacs, uh, like a, a bunch of other people, very recognisable cast. Yeah. Um, not as big a fan of this as um, Hollow Center's later film, Please Give, um, which I, I really liked, actually. Uh, but it's still decent. It, it was in that time where Jennifer Aniston was kind of trying to like eke out a, cinema, a cinematic career for herself in like, like you know how she even though to be fair she's kind of still doing it now as well where, where she'll turn up in like indie dramas but like then and things like that yeah 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 and um uh, uh life of crime um and then like we'll just do like wonderlust or something like that you know um and it's it's decent it, it, it it's decent it's basically um that like oh these these women are like old old school friends and uh jennifer aniston plays one who uh like she's kind of obsessed with this married guy but she's trying to date as well so she starts dating scott khan and but he's a dick isn't he? yeah but he's a, a real dickhead he's uh, like, like a dog sitter or something like that no he's he's, Weird like, thing, he's, isn't he's a personal trainer 
and he starts helping Jennifer Aniston out because she's like a maid and she like cleans houses. And then he's just asking her for like part of the money at the end. And like, she's like, what really? Like, okay. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he plays a great dickhead as Scott can actually. Yeah, no, he really does. Um, uh, but yeah, and like she's not doing super well in her life, and then she's got uh, like these friends with money, um, and some of them aren't doing as well in their lives either. But even I will say, I like the fact that Joan Cusack's uh, relationship; she's kind of doing fine actually, and that she's the richest of them all, and her and her husband, no real problems at all, uh, which I, I quite liked. It's not like. Oh, all her friends with money are actually miserable. It's like one of them's actually not doing fine. Um, but um, yeah, like I think it, I, I think it was Tony Claire. Anyway, she's basically having a nervous breakdown while um, her husband. Now, this is interesting. Her husband's played by Simon McBurney, who played Rebecca Ferguson's kind of like handler guy in Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Yeah. And you know, like he's he he kind of looks like a rat. <laughs> And in this, he's basically the idea of God's gift for gay men. Yeah. All through the film, these gay like because the whole the, the whole thing is like he's into fashion and um, you know he 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 wants to make himself look good and so basically everybody thinks he's gay and um, he starts having a friendly relationship with uh, Ty Burrell from uh, from Modern Family. Um, and it's 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 funny because like there's just there are scenes of gay men lusting after him, <laughs> and it's the guy who was Rebecca Ferguson's handler in Rogue Nation. Yeah, you know it's it's a weird bit of casting. That I mean, fair play, fair play, and he does look it, like the clothes he's wearing. They do look good on him. I'm not too sure about it. He's, he's a funny one, is 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 uh, funny because he's actually quite. He's actually he's a pretty he's a, he's a good sort of character actor, but yeah, he, he's a he's not a classically handsome looking guy, is he? Let's be honest. No, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be cruel because I mean Jesus Christ, who am I want to talk? But it, it like it just it's weird casting for that role. Yeah. Like Jason Isaacs is in the film as well, and I'd kind of understand it if it was Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Not so much Simon McBurney. Um, but yeah, I, I, the film doesn't quite come together in the way that I, I kind of would have liked it to. It, I don't know. It, it's interesting that it's kind of just like a, a, a snapshot of these people's lives. Like Please Give, actually, because I'm kind of criticising it for the thing that I quite like Please Give for in the way that that film just feels like it ends and everybody goes on with their lives and good things happen to some and bad things happen to some. And it's quite like that in this, but here maybe just the, 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 the events in the film just narratively weren't quite as satisfying to me. I mean, the Simon McBurney one, I mean, spoiler, spoiler alert, but it's not like he starts having a gay romp with Ty Burrell. He's not gay. It's just because he likes to look after himself. People assume he is, you know, that he, that he, he's closet. And, it's just like, okay, fine. I mean, cool, I suppose, but that doesn't really make that great a story for a film. Um, and, and Tony Collette's character is kind of having this nervous breakdown. And by the end of the film, that's not really come to anything either. And I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, like Catherine Keener and Jason Isaacs, 
their relationship just ends, and uh, their, their arc just ends in the exact same way you expect it to. Mm. So there's there's little of a way in in surprise here, but I mean the performances are all good. Um, I, I I enjoyed my time watching it, but I I don't know, it didn't it didn't floor me, but it's it's decent. Um, and I'm done. Cool. Um, right, I've got. Uh, I, I'm out of what is it? Did you say we had some uh, email feedback? Have you got it there in front of you? Because I, I don't. Yeah, I'm just getting it up now. Actually. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Why are you getting that up? What are we going to be? What are we going to be chatting next week then? Uh, what's 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 out on the horizon? Um. Well, you've got a bit of a choice to make. Ooh, nice. Do you want Michael Bay or do you want Dirty Grandpa? <laughs> it's more, more you got a choice to make on that one. No, 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 no. I'm gonna take. I, I've got a feeling I'm gonna take a hit either fucking way, mate. So you just well, you do what your heart tells you. I'm going to see Dirty Grandpa. Um, anyway, but if if you're just do not want to go and see it, I'll happily go and see Bay as well. No, I mean I, I don't particularly want to go and see Thirteen Hours either. So, all right. I'm actually quite looking forward to taking on fast, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the whole fucking thing. Um, well, I, I like Zephram um, as a comedian presence. Um, and I'll, I'll happily watch Zach Efron. Uh, get some- Is it not going to make you feel sad? Why? Yeah, right. Fuck. That, that fucking ship has already sailed a fucking long time ago. Um, you know, I could quite easily come home from the cinema if I were to buy myself our amazing dinner ways, then fuck it, I'll pop on Taxi Driver. There we go. But no, All right. it don't make me sad because, because to be honest, um, you know, I don't think there's that many great roles out there, to be honest, for, for older actors. Right. But I don't think there are that many great roles. And fuck it, if he wants to, if he wants to do that, then why not? Why not? All right. Next week we'll do Dirty Grandpa then. You never know; it might it might surprise you. Yeah. You weren't looking forward to Bad Neighbors when we watched that, and you liked that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, it's shorter than thirteen hours. How long is thirteen hours? Is it thirteen hours long? I don't know. I think it's like two and a quarter. Or Fucking hell, bear. Yeah. Um, um, I have the email. Go great. Go on then. I'll let you. I'll let you deal with this one. Hang on. Okay. Hello, gents. I was just listening to episode 137, and uh, oh, this is about Star Wars episode four, and your discussion on the inconsistencies in the story. Like, why does Vader not recognize Leia as his daughter? Why does Obi Wan tell Luke his father wanted him to have his lightsaber, and so on? The answer is simple. Contrary to popular belief in his own bullshit claims, Locus did not have the whole saga plane planned out when he shot this. He didn't know there would ever be sequels, let alone prequels. Star Wars didn't turn into Episode Four: A New Hope until the re-release. He didn't know Vader was Luke's father yet, so Obi-Wan didn't know either, which also explains why he says Anakin was a good friend when in the prequels he turns out to have been an insufferable prick who disobeyed his master and friend at every turn, which tells you two things about George Lucas. He's full of shit, and he sucks at continuity. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Werner. Yep. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of true. Let's be honest. He has... Uh, what? Lucas... Lucas, I think, just talks sometimes. Um, and he's that rich and he's that he's, he's had that many people saying how amazing he is for, for a number of years and he's that successful, which you can't fucking knock the guy for being successful, really. Uh, in the, I, I think that sometimes he just, he says stuff and then afterwards he, he forgets that he's said it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He came out and said the company that gave him $4 billion were white slavers a few weeks ago. So Then quickly changed his mind, didn't he? I, it just... It's George Lucas saying that. Yeah. You know, it's like, George, just just don't do interviews anymore, bud. You know, like, you, you, sound- you did Star Wars. You've got your $4 billion. Just... Maybe just retire from public life now. Just, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it is a little bit. I think he does it, He does seem a little bit bitter in the fact that they've managed to make an incredible, or an incredibly successful movie out of something that he kind of started. And he he seems a little bit, I wish I could have done that. Yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, if he wanted to do episode seven, he should have fucking done it by now. You know Fox would have stumped up money and and whatnot, and it just he wasn't going to bloody do it, you know? And they chucked his suggestions for a story out, and do you know what? Fair enough. He did the prequels. I, I like, it just, you know, because you, you got this, like, wasn't there some bullshit petition like demanding George Lucas come back as a creative force. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Why? Yes, episode seven was a bit of a retread of episode four, but the reason why they had to do that was because they burnt so many bridges with the fucking prequels that they had to go safe. Yeah. You know, it just... J.J. Abrams, you get a safe pair of hands. Yeah, that's... It's not a criticism. No, but that—that's what you get. You, you get you get that safe pair of hands. You, you get somebody who will deliver a movie that will make a shit ton of fucking money. It'll be in on time, being on budget, and it'll be at least a seven out of ten. That's what you get. Yeah, there you go. Apart from Into Darkness, um, Star Trek Into Darkness is not a good film. But yeah, I mean, so there you go. That's all I had to say there. And we're doing Dirty Grandpa next week, so all is not right in the world now. So. Yeah, yeah, but you might enjoy it more than you enjoyed The Assassin. That's depressing, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. Yes, yes it is. is. God, all right. It's glorious. I think that's what makes film fantastic. All right, well, I'm taking a hit next week. Look look at me already, all right? Like, I'm already a fucking wreck. I'm genuinely looking forward to it. I know you are, you prick. (laughs) Um... At Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, DudeTheMonkey at uh, gmail.com and at DudeTheMonkey. Um, I am going to put up the, the video bit that we have done more as a test than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. If it works, if it works, the full thing next week should be all video. If, if, if Ian remembers to press record, then it will be <laughs> video, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, we're going to have uh, Let's Forget Physical Episode 2 up by the time this is up, I would have thought. Um, My stuff will be Mark, up in the middle of next week sometime, um, hopefully, yes. fingers crossed, uh, if I get any fucking free time. Of course, recorded this morning, but I was a little bit hungover, I'm not going to lie. Nice, yes. <laughs> Which was nice. Um, um, yeah, so, yes, well, thank you very much for listening, guys, and uh, we shall see you in some kind of format um, throughout the week. Nice. Bye-bye. Cool.